0: Madison Square Garden The Garden MSG For fans of sports or entertainment It is the Mecca, the place that's on everybody's bucket list My guest today gets to host Big Ten events at Madison Square Garden In addition to being the PA announcer for the Premier Lacrosse League
1: Another whip Whipsnakes goal For number 26 John Hoss,
0: Hoss, comes out of the As if that wasn't enough, he is also the in-arena host for XFL Guardians games. We thought they were done, but apparently not. If you
1: smell
0: what the Rock is cooking. The PLL's championship game comes your way this Sunday on NBC at 12:30 Eastern Time. And if it's anything like last year's game, it should be a dandy. chaos and whip Snakes for the PLL championship live from the PLL bubble in Utah. This is Chuck Lott on the Mike Duttmatt podcast. Let's go. Joining me live from the Stephen King novel under the dome, the PLL bubble in Utah is their PA announcer, Chuck Lott. A lot of things to go through with you, but first off, uh, how, are, how are you? How's your family? Uh, the people you care about. I hope everyone's safe, man.
1: Uh, Everybody's safe, man. Uh, My son, he's – I have a a four-and-a-half-year-old son. Um, This is the most time that we've been apart from each other. Uh, We're usually joined at the hip, so he's he's doing okay. Um, I got a Facebook portal before I left, so I taught him how to use it, and he just taps taps my picture whenever he wants to talk. So so he seems to be doing okay. Uh, So it's all good. Everybody's safe as far as I know. Um, and, yeah, man, just enjoying that bubble life. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh,
0: you talk about your son, even some of your uh, social media posts, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, it's Chuck Lott, by the way, if anyone wants to follow him, see what he's up to. Uh, there's a lot of pictures of him sitting on your lap at PLL games, just playing video yeah, games, absolutely. getting right into it, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's always with me, man. Um his his first game was at Madison Square Garden. He was one month old, um, and since then he's been he's been traveling with me to games. Um, he's been to a ton of basketball games. Um, he came to about half the PLL stop last year. Um, you know, he, he's grown up in the world's most famous arena and around sports. Um, you know, and watching me do my thing. So um, it's it's really been a joy to have a, a job. I, I mean, I job but it's been a joy to have a job where you know not only can I take my son with me but they know that we're a package deal so it's uh it's been it's worked out very well for me to be the father that I want to be for my son So I love it
0: that's awesome man uh obviously I I assume it was bubble restrictions that he couldn't be with you is that was that
1: the case absolutely absolutely no minors in the bubble <laughs> um
0: <laughs> it's a lacrosse bubble that might be a good thing but
1: yeah, I mean, well, you know, um, just shout out to our, our medical team and our COVID committee. I mean, they really put a lot of work into making sure that our bubble is safe, uh, that we keep the players and the staff safe, and, um, you know, we're able to get through the entirety of the, of the championship series uh, without any real real worry. Um, you know, we have an entire hotel, and, uh, and we have the entire venue uh, where we're holding everything at. So, um, you know, it's really been... Um, worry free for us, uh, but I know that it's not worry free for our COVID committee because they're making sure that everything is, is still safe.
0: I did see the one video their social team put out, and if you can congratulate the social team, they just do unbelievable work with the PLL. But unbelievable, uh, unbelievable. The, the custom app that was made, you guys basically do a self check in the morning, you get temperature check when you arrive at the field. Can you talk through that process? Is there more to it? What's that like?
1: Well, I did not do my survey yet today, so I'm going to get in trouble (laughs) for (laughs) that. But um, no, um, every day, um, I want to say two-ish weeks leading up to our departure. um, Every day we take a survey um, by noon Eastern time, um, and they basically ask us, are we experiencing any of the, the basic symptoms of, of COVID-19? Um, you know, they want, we, we want to make sure we have a temperature less than 100, um, sore throat, muscle aches, headaches. You know, we, they go through, again, the, the, the typical symptoms of, of COVID-19 uh, just to make sure that we are experiencing anything. And then, yeah, every morning here, um, we have to take a temperature uh, to start the day before we can do anything. Um and then we complete our survey uh, on site. So um, you know, in addition to that, we everyone had to take a, a COVID test ninety-six hours before leaving to come to the bubble. Uh and then we when we arrived here in Harriman, Utah, we had to take a test. As soon as we got to the hotel, we had to quarantine until we got those results back to make sure that we were all negative before we actually entered the PLL bubble. So um, it's, it's been quite a process, but, uh, but again, you know, it's been, everything's been safe and worry-free for, for us. So it's been good.
0: And, uh, I, I haven't heard of any, anything positive tests or anything related to that in the bubble. I know Jules Hennenberg before he got there, I think tested positive, which disqualified him. But beyond that, I think that was the only one. Is that correct?
1: Um, yes there's, there's been nothing in the bubble we had everyone inside of the bubble who had tested negative um and just to uh, clarify Jules' situation jules had COVID in june i believe it was june oh, okay. um so he was actually cleared and he was actually here um but when he got here they took some additional cardiology tests and discovered that he had an issue uh, his oxygen levels were low oh. um Quick version is, if he would have played here, he would have ran a high risk.
0: I apologize. I I didn't know that was the effect of the story. I I had kind of heard that it was a uh, so, some positive something beforehand that didn't let him in the bubble, but I mean, yeah, I'm with you right there because what he did for the Redwood offense last year was was phenomenal yeah. and, you know, yeah. I am with you, yeah. man. They'll crushed last night, the losing overtime again to the Whip Snakes and after again, co- no, after coming man. back, after coming back being down 8-2 at halftime and Never leading in the game the the look on nat saint laurent's face I've become a fan of him during this tournament yeah. and and I mean that man just looked absolutely distraught last night
1: it was It was tough, man, you know the playoffs playoffs is a beautiful thing in sports um as long as you make it, the records are zero zero hmm. and and you turn on that switch at the right time and and chaos is showing us that right now. um Redwood showed us that last year to get to the championship and they showed us again this year, you know, they got hot, uh, in, in day, in the elimination round and they looked good in the semis, especially when they were mounting that comeback. Um, but overtime in the whip space its just something about that combination that <laughs> does not end well for the, the opposing team. So yeah, but it was, it was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun.
0: I, I I was trying to figure out what would the better matchup have been because the chaos won that first uh, semifinal, so they they get through. And in my mind, if they face the whip snakes, we're probably gonna see like take the over if you're betting, uh, because my goodness yeah. gracious. But yeah. er, earlier on in the tournament, wasn't it chaos? Redwood set the record for lowest goals in a game eight seven fifteen goals or something like that. So I was trying to figure yeah. out like. You guys are on NBC on Sunday, probably before hockey. Like, people may see this by accident. I hate to say it, but there are fans, too, who yes. are going to want to tune in. And I was trying to figure yeah. out what, what the better matchup might be for promoting the sport and for fans like that.
1: Um, I mean, I think, I think this is going to be a great matchup for promoting the sport because it will be high, uh, high intensity. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think, you know, if we had, if we had a Redwoods-Chaos final, um, that would be for the, the already fans because of the storylines that are there. Right. Um, you know, and obviously we're talking hypotheticals, but, you know, you got the Redwoods avenging those loss last year and getting to the championship. And then you got the Chaos, who they were the number one speed going into playoffs last year, didn't, didn't go far in the playoffs. And then didn't even win a game in group play, and now they're in the championship. So that's a, that's a hell of a storyline for um, you know for existing fans. But I think this game will do um, this. This this game will be really fun for the the the, the new fans that we will have on Sunday because we're gonna. I mean, we generated a lot of buzz. Uh, Josh Burns' insane goal was oh, number one goodness. on SportsCenter <laughs> last night. Um, you know, so if anybody's watched Sports Center last night through this morning. Um, you know, they're going to see that goal and they're going to hear the quick chaos is going to the championship game on Sunday. They might look it up and they might tune in and that's what we're hoping for.
0: He does play for the chaos, by the way, whoever the sports center announcer was, I just want to make sure he knows that uh, that Josh bird scored (laughs) for the chaos. But anyways, uh, I want to talk about how you get to this point and Madison square garden. You already talked about, apparently it starts with, uh triple jump in track and field like that's a that's a weird i don't i don't want to insult your sport but that's always seemed a weird sport to me and then when i watch it it looks like controlled flying uh how does one get into triple jump
1: um well well first let me say that all of this started with cheerleading not with triple jump Um, i was i was coming in there but
0: go go ahead okay yeah
1: um but Triple jump would allow me to, to really open up and, and experience a lot of things. Um, I was recruited to play basketball at Albion College. Um, and my my track coach, they found out how high I could jump because I was, I, well, I'm, you know what? I, I am still a good jumper, <laughs> even at 36. Um, but they found out how high I could jump and they needed some triple jumpers on the team. Um, I had no idea what they were talking about because I did not run track in high school. Uh, but a good friend of mine, he personally came to, to recruit me for the track team. And um, there was no reason why I wouldn't do it. Uh, but over, over my four years, man, I, you know, I really learned a lot uh, because all of the triple jumpers that taught me were seniors. So I only had one year to learn from someone. So I spent the next two and a half years really teaching myself the the event. Um, I'm, I mean, hours of of film and reading and and breaking down my my myself uh, with my coach, and and ultimately that led to um, you know breaking breaking the school and conference record, leading the country, and uh, yeah, man, it was it was it was a fun time. Um, it, it showed me a lot about myself because um, as a as a clueless freshman I walked into our track facility and looked at the record uh, the the record board and I said I'm gonna break that and I had no idea how hard it was um you know and so when I actually did it my senior year I it was it was um I mean it it was full circle it was poetic it was poetic
0: I'm fascinated by
1: how we got here
0: yeah, well I'm fascinated by athletes that do that because from your freshman year to breaking a record in senior year, like that's 4 years and when yeah. I think when I think that being mostly an olympic sport, I know there's other things involved but we think you know track and field, we think triple jump olympics, that's yeah, 4 years you devote every minute of your life to you know a minute and a half maybe when you're doing your thing.
1: Yeah. yeah it was um I mean, it, it was a hell of a ride, man. There were a lot of ups and downs. Um, I, I actually tore my meniscus at the end of my sophomore year season, um, and that that put a huge mental block in my head uh, for my junior season. Um, and midway through my senior year, I, I just – I hit a wall, and I just said, you got to let this go, man, because it's holding me back. You know, the only thing that was preventing me from really – beating everybody was me. Um, and and when I finally let that go my senior year, uh, that's when I really started to, I mean, I was improving like a foot and a half to two feet every meet, um, you know, into my, in, into the conference championship where, where all of that history happened. And, um, you know, then, well, I had a heartbreak at NCAA nationals that year, but you know, it is what it is. It taught me a lesson that I'm still learning. Um, what is it, fourteen years later. So, you know, it was it was a great experience and um I yeah, wouldn't have ever thought that I was gonna be you know, that track and field would be my most successful uh sport. That I did not see that at
0: all. <laughs> well, you talked about the sport of cheerleading and that actually led you to the NBA, one of the first no, the first, sorry, cheer cheer team for the Milwaukee Bucks. Is that true?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my sophomore year of college, um, I picked up cheerleading as an off-season workout and that turned into a 15 year career. Um, after, after undergrad, I moved to Milwaukee and I was coaching there. Um, and I don't even remember the, co- how the conversation started to start the team, but, um, you know, my, my, my facility was, the. Uh, one of the facilities that we use for the Milwaukee Bucks cheer team. Um, I did the music. I did some of the choreography uh, for the team as well. And um, yeah, I mean, that was 2009. Um, Actually that was right around the time I started to announce events. Um, And yeah, I mean, it's crazy. You know, I went from this, I went from, from playing basketball, I went to the sideline and now, you know I'm, I'm in the booth and with a microphone at these same games and events and it's just it's just crazy
0: to to look back uh why did it take so long in Milwaukee like the team's been around since the late 60s and we're talking like 2000 something and when you think basketball you know the cheerleading the cheer team aspect the crowd pump up stuff that that to me just seems like that goes along with basketball why you know, some 40 years before they finally got it together?
1: Well, I mean, that, that's everybody, first of all, um, because a lot of what we do at the professional level is capitalized, uh, or excuse me, is um, monopolized by dance teams, not cheer teams. Uh, right. Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders, perfect example. They're not cheerleaders. You know, I I love and appreciate what they do, but they're not cheerleaders. They're dancers. There is not a cheerleader in the world that can go and try out for that team because they can't dance. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it's not... um, And if there are any cheerleaders watching, don't take offense. You know you can't dance. Uh, (laughs) But um, it's... it's, I mean, I don't know why it's taken so long. I mean, it's definitely hard to... um, I won't say govern, but to figure out how to make a, an actual cheerleading team work at the professional level. Uh, because, first of all, you have guys and girls. Um, you know, there's, there's a whole other locker room situation that we might need, practice, facility. You know, we can't just go in a hall. Well, we can't go in a hallway, but that's not safe. But you can't just go in a hallway and practice what we do. Dancers, you can roll out a, a, you know, a Marley floor and they can get it. but they're dancing on a hardwood floor. So they can just go and practice on the hardwood floor. Um, I don't think that really has anything to do with why it's taken so long. Um, it's just when people stereotypically think of cheerleading, they think of uh, rah, rah, this boom, ba. Hey, we're going to do a cheer. And I'm like, I don't do that. I mean, I can teach it. But I'm, that's not what I do. I throw people in the air safely. I catch them safely, and I flip safely. So, you know, it's um, it's it's interesting. It's always a battle. Um, you know, that's always a battle in in the in the world of cheerleading, uh, especially with the evolution of the sport right now. And that's a conversation for another day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so all of this leads us to. Uh, Madison Square Garden, which for me, I've never been, want to go, need to go. Uh, there's a lot of people that's, that's bucket list stuff, and you're working there, yeah. hosting the events in the Mecca, dude. How, how does that come yeah. out? How does that come
1: about? Cheerleading. Um, I moved to New York in no, 2012 um, to work with St. John's cheer team. Uh, and to coach some programs out there, um, that was the year Sandy hit, and logistically things just weren't working out with me uh, coaching the team in Queens because I was living out of, uh, live. I live out of Long Island, um, and so I had to stop coaching the team. But I was still working with them, and I brought them to an event that I was a cheerleading competition I was hosting, and the coach was like, "Hey, you're you're pretty good at this. You should do our game." And I was like. All right, whatever. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, she put me in touch with um, our associate athletic director for marketing, uh, for sports marketing. And later later that year, um, I did my first game at the Garden. Um, it was a St. Syracuse sellout game. and And here we are heading into season eight. Uh, with with a lot of a lot of pit stops along the way, um, but you know the garden certainly serves as the cornerstone of, of everything that's been going on. Um, okay. I'm now officially well have been officially uh, employee of the garden. They've never actually had a host uh, for 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 basketball events. Um, wow. but I, I am that I am that host for college basketball events. Um, if anything comes in that has you know, a decent amount of presentations or contests or sponsorship. Uh, that, that's when I toss on one of my blazers and go to work.
0: Now, just to be clear, that that's just the college stuff. Are you doing, you know, anything else? New York Rangers, no. stuff like that?
1: Nope. Um, I did – I worked with the Westchester Knicks, the G League team, for a couple of years. All right, yeah. Um, but – the, the trip was actually the reason, the only reason why I stopped working with them. It was, you know, they, Westchester, I don't know how many people watching are familiar with the geography, but I live on Long Island. Westchester was about an hour and a half away. Um, I had a two hour call time, which usually put me into traffic, which made that trip anywhere from one and a half to three hours long. Um, and then that same trip time back home. It just it just wasn't working out logistically for me, but um, you know, I I, I only did stuff with the G League team, uh, through the Garden.
0: Uh, so that's uh, that that's Madison Square Garden then, and you know, I still can't get over that man. I would love to.
1: <laughs> hey man, if you're uh, if you're around New York um, during college basketball season, once we get all of. Current situation under control. Yes. Um, you know, I, I will absolutely set aside some tickets for a Saint John's game for you. That's not a problem. Come on
0: through. Well, I appreciate that, man. Uh, I live in Toronto, so we, we I got to talk to our uh, prime minister. And if you can get on the horn to your guy, yeah, we'll...
1: man, I, I would love to talk to him because I, I, you know, I just want to <laughs> have a, I just want to have an in-depth conversation, man. Just, uh, you know, try to, try to talk through a couple of things, but. But yeah, once we once we get it all squared away, just hit me up, man. I got
0: you. Man. Well, you can say what you need to say in November. That's that's maybe where I'll leave that at. Yeah,
1: yeah, we'll leave that alone.
0: Okay, <laughs> all right. How, how about some uh, some maybe happier news for you because you also host games for the XFL Guardians. When we scheduled, <laughs> here we go. Yeah, when we started this conversation, I was going to talk to you about like what was the experience like and you know, football in the XFL, or what was that like? But you know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson comes in, and apparently he owns the league now, and you work for the Rock now. So, wow.
1: <laughs> you know, that is still. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll hit the the now, and then I'll go back into the
0: experience right.
1: of the XFL. Um, I woke up Monday morning uh, to my son because he always calls me in the morning, and then after the call. I saw the headline uh, that that the rock was in a group that purchased the XSL and I I lost it. I, <laughs> Monday was the best day of 2020. Uh, um, you know, Chuck fact, I, am a huge pro wrestling fan. Um, the rock is, is largely responsible for my, my delivery, my crowd presence. Um, and, um, you know, it's just crazy. I mean, like, I met Shane McMahon at one of our XFL games this year, um, and he actually commended me on, on the job that I did because pre-game we don't really have a lot of fans in the in the stadium; they're all outside tailgating. Right. But we still do stuff in the in the stadium, and she Shoot. was there, and you know, he was just like, "Man, that was that was pretty tough doing what you did to to no <laughs> audience." And I was just like, "Yo, Shane McMahon just he just gave me <laughs> the praise for." for what I did. And then I watched Shane McMahon for the last 15 years of my life, 20 years of my life, uh, you know, doing what I do. So um, that was cool. But no, man, we're, we're all excited. Uh, You know, all of my, all of my teammates from the XFL, you know, we've talked about the purchase and how excited we are and just reading all we can to see, you know, how fast we might be getting things back going, if they're going to bring things back the way that it was. you know, so it's a very exciting time for the rebirth, and there really isn't anyone else with the the, the star power and the the just presence of of the rock that could rebuild this league. Um, you know, so we're really excited to see what happens there. Um, but as far as the experience, man, it was incredible. Um, you know, the the guardians reached out to me. They were they were looking for an in uh, in game host. Uh, they saw my reel and they gave me a call and they were like, "Hey man, um, you know the whole team saw your reel. We love what you do and we want you if you want if you want to do it." And, and I was just like, <laughs> "No questions, like we're in there." Um, you know, it, it was a very it was it was a, an emotional moment for me uh, when I when I had the phone call with the team because. They basically allowed me to do whatever I wanted and needed to do. Um, you know, they, they knew how long I had been in game presentation and, and hosting, um, so they were like, "We're we're not going to tell you what to do. We're going to give like this is where we kind of want to go, and we just don't let you drive." Um, you know, so that was a very um, empowering and, and emotional uh, time for me. But the games, the fans. It was a lot of fun. It had been quite some time since I had actually been to a football game. Um, I, I, actually, I think the last football game I had gone to was a, was when I was cheering in grad school. So that was 2010, I think. Um, wow. So I just forgot how much fun I have at football games. Football is so much fun to cheer at. Um, and I'm a host, but, you know, I still take on that cheerleader role as well. Um, but the fans were great. They were all eager and excited for another football team, um, a better New York football team. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and it, it was a good time. It was a really good time. Um, we had a lot of fun, and we were all really – we, we were all broken when everything that, – that week everything started to shut down. Um, you know, personally, I had I had the Big East tournament at the Garden and then the day of the Big East Championship, we also had an XFL home game. So I was I was planning on driving to MetLife, finishing that game, and then driving over to the Garden to host the championship game. And, and you know everything went down. So that was that was a little tough, but um, it was a good time. So we're definitely excited that everything is going to come back eventually. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Every time I hear XFL, I mean, I lived through XFL version one, one. And then yeah, uh, yeah. even when it came back 2020, I was like, you know, it's, it's going to be XFL. Now there's still kind of WWE involvement. And I, I know the brand has changed, but there's still I, – I talk to people and they're like, it's the XFL, dude. Like, But you're already no, shaking your no, head. It, no,
1: no it, it wasn't anything like uh, XFL version one. Um, you know Vince McMahon learned his lesson um, almost 20 years later. Uh, you know he went out and got people who knew the sport, who knew how to put put systems in place that would work. Um, in the beginning, yeah, it was it was all WWE. Vince wanted to continue to write storylines on TV, and you can't do that in, in pro sports. Um, you know, so with the with FSL 2020. Uh, he really put people in place who could do their job. Vince did not; he wasn't as instrumental in in the in the day to day operation, football operation, uh, for XFL 2020. Um, and then that was the big difference. That's what made the difference. Um, you know, Jeffrey Pollock and Oliver Luck were great leaders for the league. Um, all the team presidents did a great job as well and the teams that they put together. Um, and that's why it was different. It wasn't anything like the first. one. You know, we, we made a few rule changes to make the game faster um, and to make it a bit more exciting than the NFL is um, because we had to be different. But that was really it. Other than that, man, it was still football.
0: Well, I, I grew up on Canadian football, which is its own, brand of different rules and excitement yeah but you know even you know the PLL has tried to change some rules that have actually worked they've changed a lot of stuff with broadcasting that now like players mic'd up during the game you can talk to a player MLB started trying that and my whole Twitter timeline was like yo where were you last year this been going on for so I mean change is good when it's done right and you know it can actually impact all sport I think
1: yeah, no, it can't. Um, you know, PLL, we have quickly become an industry leader in social media uh, coverage as well as pieces of our broadcast. Um, you know, the Mic'd Up piece, that really put us in a lot of people's crosshair. You know, we we consulted with the XFL. Um, you know, we get, we get applause from man himself from other leagues um you know we are consulting with other leagues as well uh, because our social media team is absolutely incredible top notch Uh, 100 percent. there's no i mean we we put out content so fast look I, i i encourage everybody to get the nbc gold pass but even if you didn't if you follow pll on instagram you you see all the highlights you, so you're basically seeing the game, um, you know, and that stuff happens in real time. If you if you ever come to a game, you'll see our media team literally running all game long. Um, you know, so they do a, an incredible job.
0: And you know, someone calls a timeout, and they're they're the first one in the huddle. It's not even the the yeah. guy who's on the sideline. You're getting like, uh, I'll I'll second that. It's it's 100 percent. You know, curtains wide open. You're seeing everything, and they just you know. Like I said before, hats off to those the, the whole team uh, because yeah. unprecedented stuff that that you guys just killed, and you know the PLL beans was was a good one too. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. That <laughs> you know, and it, it could it could still work. I mean the the account is still live. You know, they're you still, still tweet, tweet they were the tweeting beans. the other day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we got shirts out, we got gear out, um, you know. So it was that was a hilarious time, I think it really was.
0: Um, I think I think to be someone in social media, you gotta you gotta be a little savage. You gotta have a sense of humor. You just don't take absolutely. anything too seriously. Even last night, like, yeah. like I I saw the delay. It was supposed to be ten thirty, and mm-hmm. you know the Columbus game, unfortunately, ended at eleven twenty eight, but. That you know, sitting here in Toronto, I'm watching this screen because that's my team. I want to see the end of the game, but then I'm watching right. this, this screen. Cause I don't want to miss anything in the PLL. And you know, the Twitter yeah. account, Twitter account was having, having a time with, with the delay last night too, but
1: you have to, man, we, we, you know, we had a couple of, we had, we had a weather delay. We had the power outage,
0: power outage in yeah. the
1: hockey, the hockey delay. Um, you know, so we, we we've definitely had our fair share of uh <laughs> you know, unexpected circumstances that we have to work through. And um yeah, man, you just gotta that I mean that that's the the blessing and the curse of live events. Um in sports in particular. You you're at the mercy of Mother Nature, you're at the mercy of you know, whoever you're broadcasting with because look, if we didn't if if we weren't on NBC, um I mean I don't know who, who else it would be but we wouldn't have had to wait until the end of that hockey game. We could have just went on a schedule, but you know, we, we are, our deal is with NBC sports and we had to wait till the, end of the, the NHL uh, concluded their game. Um, but it worked out, you know, the only, the only thing that made it kind of weird, actually all of those games is that out here in Harriman, Utah, there's an 11 o'clock noise ordinance in place. Oh. So At eleven o'clock, we can't play any more music. No more PA announcements. No horn. Um, You know, so that the most of the fourth quarter of of last night's game and overtime was silent on the field because we 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 were past eleven o'clock. We couldn't do anything. But as you saw, it was still a great game.
0: So, I you know what? Watching the game, I didn't even notice that. Um, You you know, well, I. I like following you because you get the behind the scenes John <laughs> John Haas. <laughs> and uh, the the reaction from last year's championship game was just extraordinary. Uh, oh my god. Yeah.
1: I uh, had goosebumps of flashbacks about that last night because it was the same. Was yeah, the same over setup. time again, right? Yeah, it was the same
0: but setup. Having watched those videos, I was I was waiting for the horn. You know, but yeah. I was I was so into the fact that they scored. It was uh, Severs, a guy who nobody had on their card. But- yeah.
1: <laughs> man, look, Jeremy, and I saw him this morning at breakfast. All props to Jeremy Severs, man, for for uh, you know coming through when his team needed him the most, and then hitting that game-winning goal. Um, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's the beauty of sports, man. It's just <laughs> you play, you play, you play the game, and they did.
0: Yeah. And so before before I let you go, only a couple minutes left here, but a uh, couple things that I still wanted to touch on. And the first one was the PLL anthem dropped during this thing and uh, produced and recorded by Method Man. Yeah, How long? Bitch how long did you know about that before it came out? And what was your reaction when you found out that was going to be a thing?
1: Oh, I mean, I only found out like a day or two before, wow. um, but it, I was, I was pretty excited about it, man, because you know, that, that allows us some crossover appeal right there. Um, you know, meth, meth brings a sport that's stereotypically a, a, um, you know, a, a, a white, a white male sport, Sure. you know, and he's, he just cut the anthem for not only the league, but the sport. If you listen to the lyrics, I mean, there's a lot of lacrosse terms in there. Um, so I have no doubt that every club lacrosse team in the country is going to have that on their playlist <laughs> um, But it But it was huge, man. We were all so excited about it. The track was hot. Um, you know, his interview on the broadcast was really exciting and engaging, and he knew what he was talking about. You know, he, he still – I mean, yes. he, he basically went back to high school and relived those games you know and that was huge because i mean I, I talked to people a few weeks ago lacrosse that black people play lacrosse and it's like well I mean yeah, you know and you know there's a whole a whole different conversation about that as well but um that was that was huge for us man. we you know we've we've had a lot of stuff happen over the course of these last two weeks oh my gosh it's only been two weeks but the last two <laughs> weeks that have been huge for the sport as a whole. So, um, you know, we're excited to see what we can go with it.
0: Yeah, do. So for people who don't know, the second year of the PLL, last year you guys did tour style. So you did, what was it, yeah. eight eight stops, something like that? And you were doing like maybe oh, five. 14. Oh, 14. 14. Excuse me, yeah. yeah. And, you know, you could have five games in a weekend or, or something like that
1: um no each stop had uh three games um okay. we either had it was two games in one or one game in two depending right. on if okay. it was a friday saturday or saturday sunday um and then we had one weekend where we had an all-star game and that was obviously just one game um, yeah. so it was uh it was it was fun man um 14 stops we went to 12 different um 12 different media markets um we had i think we only had two two off weekends for the summer um you know, and we had our whole schedule released for this year. Um, and then, you know, then COVID happened and we had to make some changes. Um, and thankfully, our team put together the championship series. And, um, you know, God willing, we get through uh, Sunday, Sunday morning. And, um, you know, we can could, we could put season two in the books. But, um, you know, we're definitely excited to get back to that tour model because the tour model allows us to grow the sport and bring the sport to, to areas where it is emerging. Um, you know that's why Paul and Mike Rabel wanted to do it that way, um, and and it makes more sense. We have we have a team that travels to each stop and puts on the game. We don't have we don't have you know teams in x amount of cities where we have to hire this many people here this many people there. Like no, nope, we just take one team and everybody goes everywhere. So um, you know it was. It very smart
0: business decisions on on the guy's part. Uh, So going back to the method man thing, I'm just surprised how many people uh, have have come out of the PLL, but even in my experiences, talking to people they are like, oh yeah, I played lacrosse. I'm a fan. I watched it. Like Bill Belichick is becoming an annual guest. Uh, Drew Brees was on your broadcast this year. Jim Brown was in the clubhouse last year. Just it seems to just be so – I always picture lacrosse as this little niche thing, but it's really a lot bigger than that.
1: A lot. You know, there are a lot of people that have played the sport, um, and it's – for whatever reason, it's just not talked about a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, America, America's pastime is baseball, right? And lacrosse and baseball play the same season, so that could be one of the reasons why. Um, but, I mean, Jim Brown – you know, he he played lacrosse growing growing up. He was one of the greatest lacrosse players of all time. Um, you know, and that's why he was he was always involved with us. Um, Belichick and Paul Rabel are are good friends, and Belichick played lacrosse as well. Um, you know, Belichick loves sport. His personality really comes out when he speaks lacrosse. Um, it's a different Belichick than what we see on the sidelines in Boston. Um, so you know, over time we we'll definitely start to see more people that have picked up a stick, Um, you know, coming on board just to have a conversation. That's really it, man. You know, we want to, we want to get our name out there. We want to get the league out there because you know, this is the sport of the future. Um, You know, we're, we're doing, we're doing things the right way to start off. And um, you know, it's going to be interesting and and very exciting to see how, how much further we go uh, in the near future. Um, you know, as as the the headlines get out there. I mean, again, with Josh Burns number one goal last night, that was our first number one um, in our in our two year lifespan. But the timing of everything, you know, everything happening with COVID right now, and you know, so you you got people tuning in that watch the NBA, uh, MLB, NHL, WNBA looking for all the other headlines and they're going to stick around for the top 10 because it's the top 10. And then they see us. Right. you know, so that, um, you know, it's, it, it's a lot of fun. We're getting a lot of new fans. A lot of people that are just interested to, to see what's going on. Ray Lewis, Ray Lewis cut a video for, for one of our teams before the series started. Right. Um, you know, so we're, we're definitely going to do see, see what all we can do where we can touch.
0: And you're opening I forget. I don't think it was a whole weekend, but definitely a bunch of the games of the opening weekend were on Honest to Goodness NBC. It wasn't Back Channel. It wasn't subscription service. It was Honest to Goodness NBC, which is where the championship game is going to be as well. And yep. you know, two weeks ago there was no NHL. There was no NBA. There right. was no like, like I was watching like early prelim UFC because I was so starving. For stuff right. to watch. Nothing against, you know, yeah. Fight Island, but, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know. What,
1: that's not your flavor, yeah. Um, it, the it, you the know, UFC it's is my flavor. It's
0: just not the guys that I don't know, you know. But oh, I got when, you. when I All saw right. the UFC was coming up, I was like, man, I'm going to sit on my couch for 10 hours, and I'm just going to watch guys beat the snot out of each other. It's going to be amazing. I right. want, I need sports. But then you get the yeah. cross on yeah. NBC, and I know there were people who were like, I don't know what this is, but hey, it's a sport. Yeah, let's let's it. let's go.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was it was huge. So I mean, basically, what we did was uh, we capitalized on the absence of the Olympics, uh, you know, and jumped into some of those time slots.
0: Yeah, that was um, this week too. We
1: yeah, had, yeah. So we had three. So far, we've had three games on NBC Maine, Everything mm-hmm. else Sports and Gold. And then the championship game this Sunday at twelve thirty Eastern uh, will be on NBC Maine as well. And um yeah, it just allows us to get some crossover fans, man. You know, people people want sports. People want some sense of normalcy back and, you know, if we're able to to, to give that to them in the in the form of sport, um, you know, that's the best of both worlds there. Um, you know, but it's it's been interesting because we were the first league to announce that we were coming back. We we're we are the only league that have we've had no real COVID issues uh in our bubble. Um,
0: or even before the bubble, there were NBA stories. MLS had sent two full teams home, right?
1: Yeah. Even the other, the other pro lacrosse league, which I don't, I can't remember their name. Um, (laughs) You know, they had some issues with, with their, uh, with their, uh, their schedule. Um, Some players got contracted the virus and they had to make some changes too. So, um, you know, man, just, we're trying to we're trying to open up some eyes because there's a lot of stuff. I mean, personally, I, I was a basketball guy. I mean, we just talked about, you know, my, my history. And at no point did I talk about lacrosse. And that's because before mm-hmm. last year, really before 2018, before 2018 when I met Paul Rabel, I didn't know a thing about lacrosse. You know, and, and now I'm I'm the voice of the league. Um, I go home with my son and, you know, to – two to three weeks before I left, all we did every night was watch rewatch last season. Um, You know, for me to, to watch film like an athlete and learn and get my timing back and just get ready, you know, get ready for, for this year's series. Um, You know, but it's for me being a basketball guy, being a football guy um, and, and not really knowing or having anything to do with lacrosse. And now, I mean, you, you can't tell me nothing. Like I'm, I have five six in my truck right now, you know, and I, and I go yeah. home and you know try to try to play with my son and stuff. Um, you know, so it really had, it, it changed my life, man, and open, opened open my eyes up to a lot of things got,
0: yeah. got the bug, got the bug
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely man. It's
0: great. Uh, you talked about Shane McMahon, you know uh, talking to you about talking to Madison Square Garden when no one's around, and you're literally in a bubble where there's no one around. Uh, I, I saw a, uh, or rather listened to an, Mike Ross is the PA announcer for the Toronto Maple Leafs talking about, you know, they wanted him back because it's normalcy for the players, obviously to, right. for, for everything. So I know that's part of why you're there. It has, I assume the game script has changed too. Like you're not doing t-shirt toss at timeout and stuff like that. Right?
1: No, we're not doing anything interactive. Um, but like, like the Leafs wanted, they, we wanted to make it as normal as possible for the players. Um, you know, when the when the championship series was announced, I was I was worried that I wouldn't get the call because if we weren't going to have sure. fans, uh, you don't need a public address announcer without the public. Who's public. Um, you know, but we wanted, again, we wanted to make it as, as normal for the, the teams as we could. So, you know, we have myself, we have our DJ as well um, because they still need that element. And there are things that we do send out to the broadcast. Like, we did a a moment of silence for the first few NBC games. Right. So, my my audio went to the broadcast. Um, I think we're going to do something to the championship game. I'm not sure. But, you know, we still need to create that atmosphere. So, like, um, you know, we're going to do the walkouts and the roster and and the face-off and stuff like we would do if we had a full crowd because we're we're gearing all of that to the broadcast now. you know so it's it's really been we haven't made that many tweaks we we've, we've just really taken out like the the in stadium commercials and stuff like that right so it's you know it's still it's still working
0: and as much as the game is on nbc if you buy the the gold pass you the cameras right there in the huddle too man when you talk about the the the, the com- commercial breaks and the yeah so like, any, does, anybody that you interested a different in
1: insight. Yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, Andy Towers is coaching the game, so there should be some good stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Andy Towers is a wizard, man. That's, that that <laughs> man. man. I mean, he's showing us why he won coach of the year last year. Um, you know, he has his team ready for the championship game. They didn't win a game in group play, and uh, here we are. Um, you know, we're looking at top seed versus bottom seed in the championship game, um, <laughs> and, and they both have know, a shot.
0: It's not, it's not foregone I, conclusion. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, I, I don't even know how to, how to give like a teaser for this game, um, other than you just have to watch it because the Snakes have been, they've looked unstoppable, absolutely unstoppable. Last night, I wouldn't say that they looked unstoppable. Um, but chaos is looking as explosive as they should have been all all series long but definitely looking look as explosive as they had last year uh when they were the top team in the league uh so it's gonna be interesting to see what what happens um i I have a prediction but i'm i'm not gonna I'm not gonna put that out uh, <laughs> we're we gonna let the game play out on sunday and um you know i'm hoping hoping for another overtime thriller um, it just, that's just how we do it, man. You know, just setting up, you know, both teams, putting everything on the line. And, um, man, I'm, I mean, I'm already getting goosebumps thinking about the game. It's it's going to be fun.
0: Well, be I can't, can't wait for the reaction video at it's Chuck lot <laughs> on the uh, social media channels. They released yeah. the tro- they, they released the trophy. It's another glass trophy. Is that thing going to yep. survive celebrations? Uh, when somebody wins this thing, or I always thought that was a bad idea, but no one asked for my opinion, so it don't matter.
1: I'm gonna say yes because we're in the bubble.
0: (laughs) Okay, there you go. Um,
1: you know we we can only have an after party at the venue or at the hotel. That's it. So, (laughs) uh, you know, there's only you know we can only get so crazy, but I I think it'll last. I I think it'll be okay. This this year's cup looks a, a more more. Stable than than last year's cup. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there was no official word on what happened to it. A lot of whip snakes players just got kind of, oh yeah, that. But
1: I'm not going to talk about it. I I was <laughs> I was present, but uh, you know, the cup the cup has some memories to share. There and you know, go. We're gonna let okay. the cup tell that story.
0: <laughs> so the hit on the head wasn't too bad then, if it remembers what happened. That's <laughs> <laughs> no. no uh 12:30 eastern time i know i completely forgot you're 2 hours behind out in utah even when we were trying to set this up uh last night i was going last night i was going 11:30 man this is late and i'm like no man it's 9:30 they'll be okay but yeah. then when i look at it the other way on sunday 12:30 is 10:30 like yeah it, i know it's an early day for you but these players like getting up get warmed up get ready get going
1: so the, the facilities out here at uh Real Salt Lake um, venue are immaculate. I mean, as a former athlete, I will be the first to tell you, I have been in the weight room and the training room almost every day, <laughs> like I'm playing and I'm not playing, but, you know, I haven't been able to lift weights since March. So I'm taking advantage of it, but um, they're fine, man. Our training staff is incredible. Um, each team has their own trainer. We also have our head trainer and our head orthopedic surgeon here as well. Um, So the players get whatever they need to to really get ready to play uh, at at the level that they can play at. Um, So as far as the morning games, I mean, I don't think it it hasn't really been an issue. Um, You know, for myself, being a father, morning games work better for me anyways because I'm up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, it's – yeah, I mean, it'll be early. But, you know, players usually arrive like two hours before um, production – you know, my team and, and the rest of the NBC crew, we're like three or four hours before the game, you know. So that's early, but we we only have one game left, man. So I'm, I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care. Like, we, we just we just did 19 games, you know. So, um, you know, this this being the earliest game uh, of the series, bring it on, man. I'm, I'm excited. You know, I'm going to wake up get my workout in, you know, my, my pregame ritual is, uh, you know, we get to the venue. I sit around for a little bit. I go work out. I get an ice bath and take a shower. I put on my stuff for the game and then I go call the game with, with my endorsements for So I'm looking forward to it, man. It's gonna be a good one. Uh,
0: I mentioned the, the, uh, reaction videos a bunch. And the thing that I just love about it is doesn't matter fans, no fans, doesn't matter. Good game, whatever. You just look like you're having fun, man. You're sitting over there laughing, cracking jokes right now. Yeah, uh, you, you just fun, look man. like you're having fun.
1: It's, I I am very fortunate to be to be doing what I love, what some say I'm good at. Um, I'm I'm fortunate, and it's something that I really I cherish day in and day out because you know living in new york i am around a lot of people who don't really love their jobs they're only doing it to make the money that they make and i've never really cared about money like that um you know i came out of undergrad as a kindergarten teacher i became a cheerleading coach i've always done what i enjoy to do um i've I've been fortunate enough to to really pave my own path um and i I love i love it man they i look there could be nobody in the booth and you're still going to get those same reactions because, you know, I'm just so genuinely excited watching the games and watching what these guys are doing. Um, It's, it's incredible. It it really is. I really appreciate what they do. You know, I appreciate our our whole team putting everything together, but just me learning more and more about the sport, you know, picking up the the nuances and the strategies and and just, it's, so oh, it's beautiful. It's art. It's art. And, and I just – I love it, man. That, that excitement is never – it's not going anywhere. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll be announcing the 2040 PLL season with the same reaction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, lacrosse fans, he's got the bug. He's got it. He's got it bad. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. And he's one of us now. Uh, 19 yeah. games down, one more to go. It's the biggest one of the week and it comes your way Sunday on Honest to Goodness NBC, 1230 Eastern Time. Uh, Chuck, all those games, and you still gave me an hour to, uh, you know, talk, which I thought you'd be saving your voice on your two days off here, but I really appreciate you, man, and uh, enjoy the game Sunday. I'll be watching for sure.
1: Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you so much. Chuck Lott of the PLL.